This is Leewood Online, a ministry of Leewood Baptist Church, located in the Kansas City area. For more information about us, visit us online at www.leewoodbaptist.com. Well, good morning. My name is Adam Carter. I'm one of the pastors here at uh, Leewood Church. Just want to uh, welcome you to our time um, in God's Word here online. Thank you for joining us uh, today. This will in no way be as good as uh, being together in person, but it's just what we still have to uh, continue to just uh, deal with and uh, settle with. And so thanks for, for joining with us. I do hope that when all of this is over and we are able to gather together in person, that you will uh, connect in person, that you will find a church. We'd love to have you here at Leewood, um, but connect in person, worship in person, and that you would commit uh, to do that uh, whenever that time comes. So thanks for uh, joining us uh, this morning. Today we continue in our study. This is our second uh, week in our study in the book of Philippians. Last week, we saw that the writer of Philippians was the Apostle Paul. He wrote this uh, epistle, this letter there in prison, and he started out this letter greeting the church in Philippi. The church is in Philippi. That's why it's called Philippians. And then we saw in the first part of the first chapter that he uh, started out thanking God for the churches in Philippi, expressing his love for them and then he prays for them. In this series that we are currently in through Philippians, we are looking at what life in Christ is like. What does the life of a believer look like? Many of us um, enjoy reading biographies, maybe watching documentaries that um, uh, give a biography of a, a person, a historical f- uh, figure, a famous person. Um, and in a way, Philippians is like that. Philippians is, is in, a, in a sense, a, biograph, a biography of the life of a Christian, of a believer. What, does, what, what makes a Christian tick? What, makes a, what motivates a believer? And so we're, we're taking a look at that uh, together over the next uh, few weeks, and I, I, and I trust that you will uh, get something out of this and, and continue to follow along with us. Here's one thing you need. You need a Bible. And so if you have a Bible, uh, grab it and join with me in turning to Philippians chapter 1. We'll be right in the middle of Philippians chapter 1. Last week, we saw that joy in, the, joy in, the, in life in Christ is a life that understands that only true joy is found in Jesus, that we don't live an unrealistic, joyous life, but that our joy and our satisfaction and our meaning in life is found only in Christ because of what He has done for us. We also saw that a Christian is someone that is progressively becoming more like Jesus through the work of sanctification. And in the verses today, we're going to see that Paul is going to give the church in Philippi a report on his present situation and really an outlook for the future. And that even in the midst of uh, prison, his joy is found in Christ, but then that he is also really passionate about something. And he is even saying that being in prison is worth that. So we're going to discover that together. So grab that Bible, turn to Philippians chapter 1. 
We're going to start reading in verse 12. I'll be reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. I know that many uh, of you have different translations, and that's great, uh, but I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible, and we're going to start reading in verse 12. Look at it with me. It says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment, imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fear, fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. But what does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So again, we, as we saw last week, we see a little bit of Paul's attitude, even though he is in prison. Again, we talked about last week that Roman prisons during the Roman Empire were not nice places. Uh, they were very dark, dank, nasty uh, places, very difficult places to be. And so Paul is in prison, and we see a, a guy that's, that is joyful, and we talked about that last week because he was finding his joy in Christ. But we also see a man that is extremely motivated and very persistent in uh, his ministry, even though, he found, uh, even though he finds himself in a difficult situation in prison, because he found his joy in Christ, and Paul is happy. He's even happy in his imprisonment. He's even saying here that his imprisonment is worth it. Why? Because the gospel is advancing. So we see here that as we go through our life in Christ, we need to be passionate about the advancement of the gospel. But before we talk about the advancement of the gospel, we need to define what the gospel is. Because there's a lot of different ideas on what the gospel is. And so we need to define biblically what the gospel is. And so here is what the gospel is. The gospel is this. God is holy. He is sin sinless. He is perfect. And we as human beings, we are not. In fact, we are the complete opposite of God in His holiness because we are sinful. We lie, we cheat, we think bad thoughts, and on down the list. And so because of our sin in our lives, there is separation between us and God because like oil and water can't mix, neither can holiness and sinfulness that cannot be mixed. And so because God is just, He cannot spare wrath upon sin. It has to be punished. And the punishment for sin is spiritual death. And so God in His great love and in His great mercy sends His Son Jesus, God in the flesh, to die in our place, 
to pay for our sin and to reconcile the broken relationship that all of humanity has with God. And so Jesus dies on the cross for for our sins, and then Jesus was raised from the dead. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work in those that believe this. This is really good news. Or a fancy word for that is the gospel. And we need the gospel. All of us need the gospel. I need the gospel. You need the gospel. Because it changes our lives. It gives us a relationship with God. It gives us a purpose to live for. And here's that purpose to see that good news, to see the gospel advanced. You see, as believers, we make up a terrific, not organization, but organism called the church. You and I make up the church. And the church's goal and purpose is to advance the gospel. See, a lot of us, if we believe the gospel and we are saved, our tendency can be to sit on the gospel. Right now, because of the coronavirus, COVID-19, there is all kinds of uh, scientists and chemists and really smart people that are working to find a vaccine for the coronavirus. And we're cheering that on. We're, 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 We're really hoping that that can happen. We're hoping for a vaccine for the coronavirus. Well, each one of us are infected with sin. And better than any kind of vaccine, we have the gospel that takes away our sin and gives us a relationship with God. But a lot of times what we as a church do is we say the gospel is good enough for me and we sit on it and we don't advance it. And just how it would be incredibly selfish for these scientists and these chemists and these, these folks who are working so hard to find a vaccine for COVID-19, if they were to find that vaccine and sit on it right now, that would be incredibly selfish. Well, for us as the church, we have the gospel. We have the good news of salvation that's found in Christ, and we often sit on it. We don't share it. We don't spread it. We don't advance it. And so, as the church, it is our goal and purpose to advance the the gospel. It is not our goal and purpose to worry about how many people are in the pews or how much money is in the coffers, but it is our goal and our purpose, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, to take the good news of salvation that is only found through Jesus to every person. So let's ask ourselves, as the church, the people of God, as a family of faith, if we believe the gospel, what are we doing to participate in the advancement of the gospel? Are you praying for the gospel to advance? Are we giving so that the gospel can be advanced? Are you going, sharing the gospel with your friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, so the gospel can be spread and advanced. See, life in Christ is a life of joy and becoming more like Jesus, but it's also a life of giving our lives 
for the gospel to be spread. As I mentioned, we are currently living in a time of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a historical time. But during this historical time, we as the church have been given an incredible opportunity to see the gospel advance. Because right now, people like really never before are asking all kinds of questions about life, God, and themselves. And maybe for the first time, there are people in your life that are feeling real spiritual emptiness. And it's time for us as believers in Jesus, as Christians, to rise up and share the good news, the gospel with them, telling them about how Jesus has changed our lives. And here Paul, even in his imprisonment, here in Philippians chapter 1, he is saying that even though I am in prison, it is worth it because the gospel is being advanced. He says that the gospel has become known throughout the, the whole imperial guard, throughout that entire prison, and to everyone else that in his imprisonment, it is because he was in Christ. But look down at verse 15. Paul kind of shows and shines an interesting light on the advancement of the gospel. He says in verse 15, to be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Wow, what a mindset of the Apostle Paul. He says here that even if people are proclaiming Christ out of selfish ambition, or if people are trying to cause him trouble by even advancing the gospel through his imprisonment, he says it doesn't even matter. What does it matter? Whether it's through false motives or true motives, he is rejoicing that the gospel is being advanced, that Christ is being proclaimed. How can Paul have that mindset? How could he think like that? Because in his mind, it is all about the gospel. He doesn't even care if people are talking bad about him. He doesn't care if people are preaching the gospel, proclaiming Christ out of selfish ambition. He is just happy. He is rejoicing that the gospel is being proclaimed. So we see that in the life of the believer, it is all about the gospel. That really everything else in life doesn't matter because the gospel is being advanced. See, sometimes we like to have as Christians at times, unfortunately and sadly, we are known to have a judgmental spirit. And sometimes that could be right, but we also need to be careful. 
Because we need to be rejoicing in the gospel being proclaimed, as long as it's the true gospel being proclaimed. Sometimes it can be easy for us to sit back and say, well, I wouldn't proclaim the gospel in that way, and maybe I wouldn't use that method in proclaiming the gospel. But as Paul says, what does it matter? Let's just rejoice that the gospel is being proclaimed. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 20, he says, my eager and expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Just a few moments ago, I made the statement that a life of a Christian, life in Christ, is a life of giving of our lives for the gospel to be spread. You see, here's the reality for a lot of us. We like to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like my routine to be changed. But the life of a Christian, life in Christ, is a calling to live in the middle of uncomfortable circumstances. Because in gospel advancement, as the gospel is advanced, challenge, challenges will come. Criticisms will be thrown our way. Judgment will be passed to us. But as a believer in Jesus, it's all about the gospel. So let me ask you this. Let me ask myself this. By the pattern of our lives, by our behavior, is it all about the gospel? Or is it all about us? Do we sit back and we abuse the gospel, that good news that Jesus has saved us, and thinking that we can live however we want to live? That we have our, our ticket to heaven and that's good enough, so I'm going to live how I want to live? Do we push ourselves to be uncomfortable in sharing the gospel with our family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers? The life of a believer is a life that is called to be uncomfortable. Because God, throughout church history, has used thousands of men and women who have gone to uncomfortable places, put themselves in uncomfortable situations to proclaim Jesus Christ and his gospel. So let me ask all of, the, all of us this. What is it that God is calling us to? How is God calling us to be uncomfortable for the gospel to be advanced? You see, that's going to look differently for you and for me. It's going to look differently based on how God has made us, how God has gifted us, and the context that God has placed us in. But where has God called you to see the gospel advance? You see, the gospel, if we've truly believed it, and we are truly following in Christ and becoming like Him, our lives will be changed. We will be very different our lives will be very different. And so has our lives been changed by Jesus? And if so, are we sitting on the gospel 
are we doing all that we can, giving of our lives, giving of our livelihoods to see the gospel advanced? My prayer for you and for myself is that during this pandemic and really for the rest of our lives, that we would give everything to see the gospel advanced. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for seeing us as sinful, as being rebellious towards you, shaking our fist at you, but still dying for the price of our sin. We thank you that you were risen from the dead and that that same resurrection power is now at work in us. We thank you for saving us and making a way of salvation for us, for redeeming us back to God and reconciling and fixing our relationship with God. That is good news that changes us. And I pray that you would cause us as your church to advance this good news to see the gospel proclaimed, that our mindset and our attitude and our motivation would be like the Apostle Paul, that we would say all of life doesn't even matter as long as you, as Christ, is proclaimed. Give us the courage to advance the gospel. Give us opportunities to advance the gospel. And it's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. Leeway Baptist Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information about us and our ministry, please visit us at www.leewoodbaptist.com.